welcome to Week Points, the podcast where we discuss what we've watched, listened to, read and done over the past week. I'm one of your hosts, Rich, and with me as ever is Nick. Nick, how has your week been? Well, it's been all right. Yeah, it's been it's been not too bad. You know, I uh, I drove sixty miles to see some relatives, and uh, oh no, that wasn't me, were it? That were that were Dominic Cummins. Sorry. Oh I, no. I got, I, I often well, no, that'd be that. daft. You can't do that, can you? Well, no. You well, I quite confused myself for Dominic Cummins. Now I, I wouldn't want to do that anyway, because clearly the bloke's an inveterate arsehole. But no, you can't do that. You can't do yeah. that. No. Although apparently Boris says you can, so maybe if you're Dominic Cummins, you can. Well, uh, was, he said he can because Dominic told him to say that he can. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. I just, I wonder, I wonder about that. I wonder what had happened if you know the Dominic Cummings part of Boris Johnson was removed. Uh, it, it just like be putting fucking Orville on the lectern, wouldn't it? But without Keith Harris to work, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? It would be really interesting to see what he is like without him around. Yeah, yeah, it would be, it would be pretty. Uh... Pretty fascinating, but anyway, that's uh, yeah. I haven't obviously yeah. travelled two hundred and sixty miles. Uh, no, no, and, and done all of that um, because yeah, that's that's not my thing. I've travelled to the shops. I've obviously been to see my dad a couple of times, as as we'll hear later, and uh, I've um, I've uh, yeah, just done done my usual thing. Been doing my writing, so not seen as much telly as I'd have liked. Um, no. But uh, I, st- I played a video game. We can talk about a video game in a bit if you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we can talk about it now. What did you play? I played A Way Out. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, yeah. Made by EA EA Sports or EA Games rather, because it's not right. a sport. Uh, it's a game you play online and uh, you collaborate. Uh, actually, I was testing it. We, you and I, could play it since we both have the same game yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you play, yeah. <laughs> you play one of two convicts. Uh, presumably wrongfully convicted, who, who escape yeah. their sentence. Although it does say that one of them's a murderer and the other one has nicked cars and been, uh, you know, convicted of aggravated assault. So basically, you play a horrible oh, right. bastard, and, and <laughs> right. you're encouraged to release this horrible bastard early from their sentence and wreak some kind of vengeance. Now, you know, Grand Theft Auto and games like that sort of make it a bit cool, but these guys have been caught and incarcerated. No, that's not good enough. Get them out. But it's it's quite well constructed, if a little bit linear. Um, and graphics are good. But the, the, the fun thing is, you've got um, two characters to choose from. And one of them has got really thick mutton-chop sideburns. I'll be coming back to sideburns later with yeah. all the things I watched uh, this week. And a massive nose. And he looks like Jimmy Nail. He hasn't got Jimmy Nail. He sounds like Jimmy Nail, and they haven't got his music. Haven't got him to do the voice, uh, which is a damn shame because yeah, you know it's obviously set in America. All right, I'm Jimmy yeah. Nail. I want to get out of here. I've killed people. I'm fucking handy. I'm handy. <laughs> oh, it'd been good to have crocodile shoes on there as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> crocodile shoes. <clears throat> yeah, and then she's lying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one of them looks like Jimmy Nail, and the other one looks like a, just a generic goatee beard, basically me, but with more hair. Uh, so is it? Um, I, look, I look very is it like generic. A is what I'm third, saying. Third person kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I can't do arms. I'm no good with those games where you're just a pair of arms. Some yeah. games. I, I like the look of them. Like I've, I've tried. I tried. Um, Oh, what's the one where it's under? It's an undersea world, uh, and you've got enhancements. Oh, Bioshock! I tried yeah. Bioshock, and I love the world of it. It looks amazing. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't do it at all. Then I tried yeah, Alien. Yeah. 
Isolation. Oh, yeah, Again, yeah. Fan- fantastically atmospheric. Really, really cool graphics. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it yeah. at all. And then I tried one of the Far Cry games. Uh, I'm just going to stop doing them. I can't do them. So. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, just not for what you. What do you prefer? Do you prefer a third-player game or a third-person view? or? A... I actually don't mind because um, once I've been playing it for a bit, I I forget what what it is. So <clears throat> I used to like um I guess like first person ones, you know, like modern warfare and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I'm shit at all oh, of them. Oh, me too. But, I love um, them, but I'm I not did very used good. to like I like um I don't I don't play like the multiplayer online stuff. I basically no. just play the the campaign as many times as I can until yeah, I get yeah, bored. Yeah. <clears throat> um so first person ones I'm alright with that, but then I started getting into the Far Cry ones. And oh actually no they're what they're they're first person as well, uh, aren't they? What have I got that's third Uncharted? Third person. <clears throat> I can't remember. There was one of them that was third person and I hadn't played that kind of thing for ages and I got it was, after a little while. Oh, it was um Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um and that felt a bit weird at the start, but after a while, I got straight into it. Um, and I've just started playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, Is it good? And about an hour into that. Well, <clears throat> I've only played it for about an hour and 20, I think. Um, the, I mean, the graphics are amazing. Um, the story, the storyline that they're building so far seems to be good. Um, but... It, everything takes ages in yeah, it, yeah. absolutely I'm ages. I'm a bit frightened of it, to be honest, because it's so big. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm only still, even after like an hour and a half, I'm still doing like missions that were obviously set up to be like tutorials. Right. You know, they get send you off to do one thing and you have to use this weapon and they send you off on this other thing and it's to get this right, horse and shit. <clears throat> um so I've done like an hour and a half or whatever, and I'm still doing tutorial of missions that are obviously right, tutorials. Okay. And just to ride, just to ride to one of the missions, took me twenty minutes, just to fucking ride there on the horse. And all you're doing is riding, and this guy's talking to you, and then you talk back to him. So I rode all the way there, did the mission, and then and then there's no like, well, let's look at the map and then click on the button, and then oh, you're back at the base. No, you've got to fucking ride there. <laughs> <laughs> right all the way back 20 minutes there 20 minutes back fucking hell so it's like fucking hell fire um, I could actually get to Donian back in that time That's exactly I know I was thinking that I was like this is like going to work um, <laughs> but um, but it's good so far yeah yeah I don't normally talk about games on this podcast uh, with no reason why we shouldn't um, and um, I've I've been pl- I play mostly with Ivy, and she's eight years old, so I play things like uh, Rayman Legends or um, Little Big Planet 3. It means that um, my skills as a sniper uh, are diminished somewhat. I was never very good at that. And, and one of my only times playing online, uh, just because I don't have, you know, I don't have the time, uh, and I want to, you know, cook food and, and, and you know, talk to people and do stuff. Um... I played. I, I downloaded some years ago. I downloaded a, a a beta test of a game. I think it was called uh, Crisis Three, Crisis, but with a Y. Yeah, and again, it was fucking. It was arms. It wasn't a little person. And I chose to be a sniper, thinking that'll be the best thing because I can just hide and get used to the controls. I've never played this before. 
and lasted six seconds. Two of which was a bloke saying, oh, nice one, fucktard. <laughs> because I spawned, ran over to where some, you know, so they were, were in the same uniform as me and basically oh, somebody else shot us all. <laughs> and so I got called a fucktard and thought, oh, welcome to online gaming. I don't think I'll bother again. So, uh, so the only other time I've gone online is when I've played just... Um, uh, one to one. You can have private games, can't you, with your mates and that, rather than like yeah, the yeah. whole world sniping you from a distance. Yeah, you know. So uh, I've just done that. I I did a similar thing to you. Um, I went on um, Rainbow Six, but it wasn't it wasn't like the current incarnation. It was one of the original ones, and um, so you get dropped as a like a squad in this building, and then you've got to like you know capture um terrorists and stuff like that <clears throat> so they dropped us into the built into one of the rooms in the building all like five or six of us and i pressed the wrong button <laughs> immediately i threw it through a grenade and blew everybody up and we literally it just started and it was in the days when everything internet was so slow <laughs> so it took you like 20 minutes just to get onto a game and find a lobby and everything and then as soon as it got on, I just blew everybody up. And then I just I just quickly logged out. I logged it out, logged out and closed everything down. And I just went and stood in another room for a bit. <laughs> like they could come through the telly, like at the end of Ringu. Yeah. It's because the, the, like, the vapour of my shame was still hanging around that the sofa. So I thought, I needed to get away from it. It was awful. Do you know what? You've just reminded me. I have played online again. I did. And I did a similar thing to that. I didn't... Because um, that previous one was my fault and I caused a couple of other people to get shot and I got called a name. But um, I was persuaded by a, a, a mate uh, from Hull called Dan, a lovely lad, to play Grand Theft Auto online. Uh, and uh, yeah. we, I ended up as part of a, a crew. Uh, and on one of the missions, you had to steal a cargo in. And fly it right. and land it, and I don't know how I ended up being the pilot <laughs> of the plane. Fucking hell! Anyway, I'm, I'm fucking sweating, thinking pressure's on, because I know there's fucking sixteen other players sitting in this pretend plane, going to land on a pretend runway that doesn't really exist. Land the plane, and it's a beautiful, but I can't stop taxiing. And I taxi oh <laughs> I taxi the plane into a tree. I fucking hell. I taxi it into a tree and, and it sets on fire. <laughs> and it was a mission failure. Oh fucking hell. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. And so I just I just and thought Right, I just, I, I can't, if I'm just playing the game itself, I can deal with that kind of shame, because that's just my own incompetence, and I don't care, I can deal with my own yeah. incompetence, yeah. but I'm not very good at video Yo, games, yeah, yeah. and I don't want 60 other people yeah. going, oh, brilliant, brilliant, pilot, bring us into land, we've landed, why haven't we stopped, why are we on fire, what the fuck? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on um, when I was playing Red Dead, and we had to get off to shoot something or other, and then 
it was like, right, get back on your horse. And I went back to the horse. I couldn't remember how you, what the button was to press to get back on the horse. So I went up to my horse and just punched it. But I punched it like, did a massive, a massive punch. And I was like, fuck. I had to go look it up online to see what it was because I thought, I can't risk punching the poor fucker again. Imagine. It's like, it's like yeah. Mongo. Well, the. <laughs> Yeah, from Blazing Saddles. These games are so big and so detailed now, you might have had the fucking RSPCA onto you, or at least the Wild West mm. equivalent. Yeah. And it makes a real point of saying you've got to um you've got to nurture a good relationship with the horse because it's important for the gameplay. And literally I'd had this horse <laughs> for about two minutes. First thing I did was get off and punch it. <clears throat> oh, excellent. Fucking hell. <laughs> If I'd have known how to pull a gun, I would have probably shot it. <laughs> so that's uh, so that's uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, yes. and a way out that we've talked about. Yes. So yeah. tell us some. What have um, you watched, Rich? Tell us something. I've been watching um, Celebrity SAS again. Oh, brilliant! Come <clears> on, we're then. Let's down to I think it's the. Um, I think it was the penultimate episode that we had this Ooh, week. The semi-final. Yeah, so they didn't get rid of anybody because they're down to six now. So they basically um, they did two challenges this week, uh, where they split them into twos for the first challenge, and then the second challenge they split them into two groups of three. So um, oh, one of the, one of the first things they did was get them all out in the parade ring, get them all to line up, just randomly line up, and then an SAS man comes along and goes right. Number 11 swap places with number 8. Number 6 swap places with number 2. And then they're all in this order. And then he goes, right, look to your left and right at the people who are there. Um, this is the order that you're in that we think are the strongest to the weakest. Oh, right, okay. It's like, right, so they've already sent a marker out there. So um, rudimental guy, he was down as being the strongest Really? Um, and yeah, yeah. And um, Joey Essex was down as being the weakest. Fair enough. Uh, he didn't. He didn't look happy about it, but he, he didn't make too much of a fuss. Well, he couldn't really. Um, too weak. Yeah. So they went off for their first first challenge, which was something that they called drown proofing, and it's a resilience test. So they take them to um, this body of water that's at the bottom of a waterfall. Right. And then they cable tie their hands together and then one of the instructors leads them out into that water um, to the deep bit and then they have to go, keep going under the water and then back up to get air for five minutes. Jesus. But obviously they can't really swim. Um, so they all did it apart from Helen Skelton. Um, and but she just didn't want to do it. Who's Helda uh, Skelton? So, <clears throat> I think she. I think she was. She's a kind of. I don't know if she was on Blue Peter, but she's a Blue Petery kind oh, of. Oh, you mentioned it the other week. You said Blue Peter presenter, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's <clears throat> done like. Um, she just likes you know like coverage of the swimming when it's the Olympics and shit like that and world championships. Oh right, sports commentary. She's done that with like Sharon Davis. You know, oh, she's okay. she's like it's like a like in the Claire Balding kind of role, right? Okay, just the host. 
Um, but she's done like lots of endurance things in her real life for charity. You know, gone across deserts and all that right. shit. Oh, okay. Um, so when when they're going when they're going into the drowning thing, like the SAS guys, there's like a cutaway to one of them, and he's like, it is a real test of your mental strength. It's not your physical strength; it's your mental strength because you constantly feel like you're on the verge of drowning all the time. Right. Okay. So you've just got to conquer that fear mentally. So they all go in and they all do like a decent job. And then Helen goes in and um, she's sh- she's shaking before she goes in. She's really, really nervous. So she goes in and obviously doesn't feel comfortable. And um, so they're going, right, you're, you're going to need to submerge yourself now. You're going to need to submerge yourself. And um, <clears throat> when, she, um, when she looks reluctant to submerge herself, then Ant's shouting from the side, Get underneath! Get underneath the water! Get underneath the water! And then um, when she looks nervous, he's going, Stay calm! Stay calm! Calm down! Which obviously, you you are going to do, aren't you? You're just going to think, Oh, right, yeah, no, what I should do here is just stay calm. Even though I'm in some freezing water with my hands cable tied together and a man from the SAS is trying to drown me. So eventually, he tells her to get the fuck out. Um, right. And that she's a bit shit, right? Um, so they do another bit where um, they went back to the base, got dried off, and then um, they take them all off into the outbuildings where they would normally, you know, they put the they've been putting the hood over them, taking them off into an outbuilding, and then taking the hood off, and it's been like an like an interrogation interview kind of thing. Yes, but this time they were taking them, putting the hood on them, taking them to an outbuilding, sitting them in the chair taking the hood off and in front of them was a laptop and the laptop was playing a message from their family. Oh. Uh, so they did it for each one of them individually. Um, and like some of them were like happy to see their family. Some of them they got really emotional. Right. Because um, uh, like one of them, it was just his son uh, and he was like, got really emotional about that. Um, and t- <laughs> Tony Bellew went in <clears throat> so Tony went in, they sat him down, took the hood off, the thing starts playing. He just jumped up and slammed the laptop down. Oh shit. Uh and and um but he slammed he slammed it down but it didn't stop the noise. <laughs> so the audio was still coming out going Hello, Daddy. We love you. <laughs> oh, all the best, Tony. We're all really proud of him. He's going, can't fucking turn it off. Can't fucking turn it off. <laughs> so he's walking around with it. He walks over to this shelf, and then he just puts it on a shelf, but puts loads of stuff on the top of it, <laughs> and then starts going, starts put his, put his fingers in his ears, and he's going, da la 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 la, and he says, um. Good try, you fox. Because <laughs> he'd said before, they're, they're going to try and get into our heads about with, with different shit. Yeah. And he obviously thought, oh, this is just another ruse. <laughs> and it was just another ruse. They right. went to one of the SS guys after it, and he was saying um, that he'd been abroad on a mission. And before they went on this particular mission, he'd rung his wife and spoken to her. And then when they went on the mission... He was like, all I could think about was her and the kids and the people at home and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, it just fucked me up, completely fucked me up. So he said, I'd rather not, I'll, I would never have another f- contact message, f- you know, from home when I'm about to do something. Uh, okay. So in the end, 
Bellew was right, really. <laughs> Bellew was right. What would Bellew do? What would Bellew do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would Tony Bellew do? <laughs> <laughs> The, but the sad thing about that is they you said that he's going to try and get in his heads. It strikes me they've been in his head since the first episode. Everything you've told me about it means it suggests to me that they've been in his head. They've got in his head as easy as peeling off that plastic lid on a Nutella pot. I mean, I don't think that they, they've been in his head. I think he's he's been in his own head. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's him. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> I don't think they've really had to do anything. I think he's just done it to himself all the way right, through okay. it. Okay, fair enough. There's, there's been loads of stuff where he, he'll make what he thinks is a mistake or not do as well as he thinks he should right. do. And they've not said anything to him. And he'll, he'll go, fucking, why can't you fucking do it? <laughs> and he just fucking loses it. Right. So they, they haven't really needed to do anything. Um, there a second uh, thing that they had to do was they had to go, they had to walk miles. And then they had to pick up this collapsible canoe thing, which is in two bits. Right. It's, but it's massive. It's um, like there's a lot of fab- really heavy, heavy waterproof fabric, and obviously the paddles and all that kind right. of shit. So they had to pick that up, put it on the rucksacks, take it to this body of water, build a canoe, paddle to another place, get out, break the whole thing down, and then go to the walk with it again to the end. <coughs> um, really, really fucking difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really ha- physically hard. Um, but ignoring all of that, uh, the best bits were where they'd paddled, they'd done all that, they'd paddled all the way across this horrible fucking lake, and then they'd get to the end, and then <laughs> a few of them couldn't get out. So they were, like, really struggling to get out of... You know, they've got those, like, waterproofing, like, apron yes, yes, things yes. that go yeah. around them to stop them. <laughs> so they had all that, and... They just couldn't fucking cow. So the first lot that got there, they were like, oh, this couple are well in the lead. And they get there. And then they just get there. Get there and as soon as they get to the end, they just capsized it. <laughs> so they were like completely drenched. Then Tony Bellew and his, whoever he was teamed up with, they got there. He immediately got out and then fell over, completely arsed over to <laughs> into the water, um, which was which was funny. He just went, fuck! Um, and then... They got to the end, and Tony Bellew and whoever whoever he was with, um, they were the first. I think it was that Paralympian. I think those two were the first. And um, they got there, and they took their bags off and put their all their shit down. And then they gave each right. other a really big hug. And um, it was like, oh, that was really like really nice, really good teamwork and stuff. And then Ant came over and said, once you've finished embracing each other, get the canoe out of your burgundies. <laughs> It's like you don't just let them have that minute, <laughs> you know. It's not really a pressing matter, is it? They're the first. Yeah, They're not exactly. going anywhere until the rest of them turn up. It's like no, stop, yeah. stop being affectionate. Yeah. Get on with it. So this this episode was different because Tony Bellew was really really nice to everybody. He was really nice. And he was genuinely wow. supportive of everybody. And when somebody was down, he'd go and comfort them. He'd try and like build them back up again. He was a changed person this episode. I don't know what's happened, but he was a changed person. Yeah. It really is. It's more like holding your hands up in the air and going, what will Tony Bellew do? Um, there was another funny bit where they, right. they've they got an outdoor toilet and these little wooden cubicles. 
um, and they'd all been on this massive mission, and they were all uh, three of the lads went to the toilet, and um, they were all like, you know, knackered and just talking about yeah, yeah. what it'd been like and everything like that. But as they're talking and about what it'd been like, all you can hear is. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going, oh, fuck. oh, God. And then um, somebody said something to Tony Bellew, and he said, uh, no, I've not, um, I've not, I'm not ready for one, but it's going to come, believe me. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so their final mission on this week's episode was they got split into two groups of three, and they had to, they sent them off in the dark with maps and right. they have to find the two teams have got to find their way to different evacuation points and okay. they're being hunted by teams of baddy army people right so it ended there because but this re- this week's really is a precursor to next week's because next week's um they all get captured and then they get interrogated oh okay by these bad people Right. They get okay. interrogated and humiliated and shouted at. So that's going to be the biggie. Oh, very good. Who's your, who's, your, who's your tip for next week? Who's your tip for next week? Who's going to win? Um, I don't, do you know I don't know. It's all been thrown into the mix now because um, Lockstock guy, Lockstock, rudimental guy, he's actually called, he's like his name's Locksmith. Um, he's... <laughs> Well, that's his stage name. I've no idea what his real name is. Okay. <clears throat> Unless he's a locksmith on as a sideline, but I would have thought that Rudimental paid enough for him to not do two jobs. But anyway, <laughs> he he seemed like he might be like the quiet, stoic one that got through and won it. Um, but then this week, the Paralympian was good. Tony Bellew was good. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. It's all up in the air, really. It's anybody's. It's any it's anybody's game, mate. It's anybody's game. Yeah. But I think I think the last episode's gonna be a, a belter. And where can we catch it? <clears throat> Channel four. Okay. Or you can get it on four on demand. I it's a little suppose. bit like I used to watch um I used to watch a, you know, The Apprentice. Um, I do. I ain't watched it in year I ain't watched it in years, but I used to watch it a lot. And um I always used to enjoy the bit where they would get to the point where they had to go and give their pitches to those business advisors, you know, separately. Yes, yes and indeed. Somebody would go through go through all the figures and stuff in depth and basically just pull them apart. Yeah, yeah. So you'd see them being all fucking cocky and bullish for yeah. like ten weeks, and then yeah. somebody would just smash them. Yeah. In about fifteen minutes. It's a, funny... it's a bit like, I think next week's going to be a bit like that on Oh, okay. SES. It's a funny show, <clears throat> The Apprentice. And I know it's back on at the moment, isn't it? But, I, you know, I, I watched a couple of series of it. Um, I can't remember who won uh, either of the series. Uh, but I, I did I did feel like it was, it was clear from the moment the first person said, in business, I'm a leopard or a tiger or a cheetah or some oh, fucking, yeah, you know. Yeah. I thought, right. You haven't been chosen yeah. because you have solid business acumen. You've been chosen because you make good telly. And actually, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, Alan Sugar would rather eat a fucking wasp sandwich than go into business with half of them. Which is why it suddenly became rather than you yeah. could come and work for me. It be, it was uh, we'll 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 work on a project to 
together, but you won't work yeah. for me. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, they're knobheads, basically. No. Venal fucking knobheads. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to, to me, that, that would be a better title. I would retitle a lot of TV shows, you know, uh, Top Gear, Twats on Wheels, Question Time, Shouty Shouty. Uh, and um, and yeah, I, th- I think for The Apprentice, fifteen knobheads in a house. So yeah, if you were genuinely business driven with lots of good ideas and lots of entrepreneurial um, drive, why you wouldn't go on there, would you? No, because God, no. it just doesn't make no, sense. Absolutely not. To put yourself through through that kind of charade. Yeah. Where they just have you basically playing a massive game of musical chairs for yeah. ten weeks, and you you can't not come across as being a dick at some point. Absolutely, no matter who you are, because <clears throat> they just create the situations for yeah. it, don't they? The whole thing's manufactured to make people look fucking yes, stupid. Indeed. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> anyway, onto um, on onto the business world, but in a different country. You've been visiting a hotel. Yes, yes, indeed. I um. I think based on uh, so a, a friend uh, sent me a picture of a really fat leg and a really thin leg uh, that both belong to the same person and said that this, uh, this picture that she'd screen grabbed from the TV had come from a show called The Real Marigold Hotel. Uh, now, it's the, the beginning of the show, it suggests, uh, there's, a, there's a, a little bit of writing that suggests uh, it has been inspired by the movie based on a book. I could be wrong there. Um, but what the BBC have done is turned it into one of their docuseries, uh, wherein a bunch of uh, people of retirement age are shipped off to India for a month and followed around by a camera crew while they do things that you can do in India. You know, like riding tuk-tuks or buy saris or, in the episode I saw, uh, take your driving test, which is which is quite easy. Um, and, uh, you know, wander around silk markets and, uh, and, and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, India looks very beautiful. Uh, and, uh, but, but, but it's the, you know, it's the touristy areas. It's, it's not... You know, you're not looking at the the kind of the, the uh, less affluent areas of India. I mean, I, 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 again, I'm basing this on one episode, and I but I can't imagine seeing Brick Eckland, Brit, Brick, <laughs> Brit Eckland, <laughs> Brick Eckland. Yeah, she's just a brick with blonde hair. <laughs> uh, Brit Eckland, Duncan Bannatyne, uh, Susie Blake, um, Henry Blofeld et al. Wandering round, uh, you know. Uh, an Indian uh, um, shanty town. Uh, I, I don't think that's part of the uh, the best marigold or the real marigold hotel. Um, the, the, um, so the episode no. I saw featured uh, Susie Blake, who's an actress uh, probably best known for comedy. Uh, done quite a bit of theatre. She was in Victoria Woods. Um, as seen on TV in the 80s. She's done loads of stuff, Susie Blake. Um, anyway, she um, it was her birthday, her mm. 69th birthday, and she went to buy a, a sari with uh, Zandra Rhodes, fashion designer Zandra Rhodes, 
and um, former singer Barbara Dixon. When I say former singer, I'm sure she still sings, let's be honest. But, uh, you know, ah, I used to sing. I'd give it up. I don't sing at all now. <laughs> not even in the bath. No, not singing at all. Yeah, Barbara Dixon, who had a hit called January, February. Um, as, among others. Among several others. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the, the buying of the sari was, was fine. The, 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 the narrator does some very unusual pausing. It's almost like a, a, a well-spoken William Shatner. Uh, because we all know with with William Shatner, he makes strange <laughs> choices about where he self punctuates, and this is a little bit um, <laughs> a little bit like that. So you've you've got a guy who says, "Susie waits until she sees her friends enter the shop." And you have to, Come on, just fucking say it, man. Uh, or don't say it at all. I mean, the the, the fact that they uh, they have a narrator at all, who is just, he's the narration equivalent of Andy Townsend. Uh, you know, who, Andy Townsend, co-commentator, who just literally says what he's looking at. No analysis, just a fucking voice in a limbic system. There's no process in there at all. And it's a little bit like that. Um, and the guy, you know, would say, uh, today... Our three friends are going to the silk market, where you can pick up a bargain for less than ten pounds. And it's always this is this is this is something that rankles with me, and and I struggle because it's Western first world guilt, and I know I know exactly what it is, and uh, and I and I should just get over myself because you know cost of living is cheaper in India, and, and what they make is, but like. I remember talking to a mate of mine who'd been over, I think it was their honeymoon, and she and her husband had gone to India and they'd they'd haggled for this rug. And they'd got this beautiful rug for, like, fucking a tenner. And she, and she said, oh, yeah, they were asking 200 quid, but they got it for a tenner. And I went, "Yeah, look, that rug. And she said, yeah, and if you, got, if you look in England, it's like 500 yeah. quid's worth of rug. And I thought, and, and you paid a tenner for it? She, yeah, well, we give we give them twenty quid. I thought, fucking quid. Yeah. That's worth. Oh my god! I get really <laughs> yeah. upset. And I think, give them the fucking money. Give them the money. <laughs> you know, and all this idea you've got to haggle. I can imagine, you know, hearts <laughs> yeah. breaking yeah. When, when affluent tourists come up and go, nah, I give you a fucking tenner for that. Uh, right. It's like um, it's like when you see them and they go, oh no, it's expected. They expect you to haggle. They like it over there. That's what they do. It's part of their... Yeah, they, they think of it as... It's it's an insult if you don't... Act. No, I think it'd be insulting if you gave them fucking half of what they were asking. Yeah, a fucking tenth? Not a twentieth. <laughs> they wanted 200 quid. I got it for a tenner. But we gave them 20 quid. Well, how fucking... Yeah. Well, lovely. Well done. Good Lord, I'll applaud you, you yeah. fucking philanthropist. You, I'll, yeah, I mean, I, and, and so... But of course, mild, you know, the decision I made is not to go to those countries, which is fucking worse. Because, you know, I so we went to Egypt on a, I went to Cyprus many years ago and went to Egypt on a little, uh, uh, you got on a boat uh, and sailed over there, got up in the morning, had a day looking around Egypt and then got back on the boat, on, you know, in the evening, slept on the boat, got back to Cyprus. Um, and driving into Cairo uh, on the side of the road by the motorway is a building. Uh, it's like a, a high-rise block with a front 
off, like a doll's house that's been opened. But there oh, is no yeah. front, and there's people living in there, waving at the bus as it's coming in. And you can see them coming down the stairs, and you can see them gathering stuff, you know, shit, straw donkeys and, and bottles of water and coming up and, and people asking you for money. And, and, and you know, people haggling going, uh, can, I have, uh, can I have this for a dollar? And then five dollars, five dollars, and five dollars is a quid. That Egyptian dollars was a quid, and you know there's people going, no, one, one dollar, one yeah. dollar, twenty pence. I'll, have, I'll, I'll, get, I'll buy that bottle of water for twenty pence off you. You know, people with no shoes yeah. on, and I get, re- I get really, you know, and and I've had conversations with mates who've said, no, look, it's you know that's part of their economy, and it's it's basically another version of that. They love it. They love it. You know, but I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what they do. But anyway, I, I don't think Duncan Bannertime was haggling, in fairness, uh, and I don't think Susie Blake was haggling either. No. And they said that she'd had this bespoke sari for just under fifty pounds, which still sounds like a fucking bargain. Yeah. Because uh, it's beautifully tailored. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and everyone's really friendly. Britt Eklund was doing a bit of dancing with a with a, a young Indian chap. Uh, and uh, but the the thing I was going to mention, sorry, I, I jumped off on a, on a tangent. Zandra Rhodes was interviewed, and and she suddenly said, or she seemed to imply, I think, that she invented the Indian fashion industry, by because she used saris in one of her shows in 1987. <laughs> but she said, and I'm, I'm convinced. I, I only watched it once. I didn't go back over it. I'm convinced. She said, I use saris and paneer. Now. When she said it, I thought, that's a cheese. I know that's a cheese. So, so, so Zandra Rhodes used cheese and Indian clothing in one of her fashion shows in 1987. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? I mean, they're all crackers. But, uh, yeah. But she, she, she seemed to... Im- mm, sounds like the kind of wacky shit that she'd wacky do. wacky old Zandra with her cheesy clothes. So, yeah. And, and um, it was a very strange boast. I'm not entirely sure it's grounded in realism or, or you could support it with evidence uh, because, you know, it seemed to suggest that prior to that, India were this, was this fashionless wilderness where everybody just wore rags and yeah. rubbish. And, you know, then Zandra Rhodes came along and suddenly yeah. there they all are in colourful saris. Very, very strange. A very <laughs> strange claim to make from our Zandra. I have never, I mean, I've been aware of Zandra Rhodes since, like, the 70s. Um, I have never once seen an item of Zandra Rhodes clothing. Everybody talks about being a fashion designer. I have never, ever, ever seen anything that she's ever done. And she, like, in the in the 80s, she was always on, like, talk yeah, shows. Yeah. She? She's always on, like, fucking Wogan or Russell Harty yes, or... Asshole. Fucking pebble yeah, mill, yeah. like, and they'd, they'd wheel her out because she had funny coloured hair and yeah, yeah, she like still has massive pink, you know, architectural clothes and stuff. But I've never actually seen anything that she would ever sell. No, she's just a fucking name, isn't she? <laughs> yes, she is indeed. But f- with nothing behind it. Yeah, she is. Um, anyway, so so that was. Really, the thrust of what I saw, you know, just them going about that. As I said to you earlier, it's it's a little bit like watching somebody else's holiday video, but with really, really good production values. Uh, yeah. And they've even hired a, 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 a narrator. I thought I'd love to do that, actually. 
Wouldn't it be brilliant to, you know, send us your holiday videos and we'll put some narration on it so it's like a documentary yeah. drama, you know? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Wouldn't that be fantastic? No, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Neil and Penny yeah. have taken their two children, Karen and Ryan, to Italy. Here they are arriving at the airport. <laughs> Karen's skirt is tucked into a pants at the back. Oh, <laughs> will Paul say something? Not sure whether he will. I've just changed the names. I know I have. I've just randomly, <laughs> I randomly made their family massively bigger. <laughs> Andy's sneaked off to the duty-free shop to see if he can secretly buy Penny some fragrance. The decisions he's going to have to make could change the course of the holiday. <laughs> Earlier, we saw Andy in the duty-free. Deciding that it wasn't uh, as cheap as he thought it was going to be, he's gone to a local <laughs> shop. To buy some flowers. <laughs> now, do you think, um, because the narration was so, so on the nose, do you think it would have worked better if they'd have had, like, somebody a bit more knowing who was going to put in a bit of comedy? Oh, someone a bit more arch, like the guy who does the commentary for yeah. Come Dine With Me, uh, Mark Lamb. Uh, ma- is it yeah. Mark Lamb? Yeah. Mark- no, it's not Mark Lamb. Dave Lamb. Uh, maybe. Maybe. That would be quite good. Although... Because they're older people, it might seem a bit cruel. It was it was a very strange program. Anyway, the, so one of the the, the the one remaining Chuckle brother, uh, Paul. I don't know his surname. Uh, Elliot. Paul Chuckle. Oh, Paul Elliot is it? Okay. So yeah. Paul Elliot was taking his driving test later on in the program, uh, and I have to admit to to failing. Uh, I had two failures this week because I I decided. Uh, to take one for the team and watch the second episode of Too Hot to Handle. I lasted two minutes and 15 seconds. I couldn't do it to myself. I couldn't. I couldn't. But anyway, so later on in the episode, Paul exposed his, 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 his legs of two different shapes. Apparently, he got a football injury when he was younger. Uh, and one of his legs is up like a balloon. Uh, I sent the screenshot uh, that I was sent by Lou. Thank you, Lou. Uh, and what is I he always like that then? Apparently, according well, again, I, I, I would I need to watch the rest of the episode to make sure that's true. But he says that that his leg has always been his legs have been two different sizes and thicknesses uh, since he got the football injury. I think personally that sounds Fucking like nonsense hell. because it's a hell of a leg. It's like um, his legs like a baby, a toy baby, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a baby doll. It is. It's like a doll. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. If it's true, it can't be right, can it? No, I need to. I need to rewatch some Chuckle Brothers to see whether or not he's got <clears> a special shoe on, because he'd need a special shoe. Yeah. For that foot. Yeah. It's, Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Not much to chuckle about with that, is there? No, not at all. But it did make me think about, you know, the passing game when he was playing football. To me, to you, to me, to you. And then a foul. Yeah. I suspect every time yeah. they did that gag, he must have <clears throat> winced. Winced with a secret yeah. memory. And maybe a tear for his lost footballing career trickled down his cheek. Yeah, so what, what, is, the, what is the point of it then? What, what is the point? The po- well, they start, the narrator starts by saying they're out uh, in their retirement years. Wondering whether India could be a place where they could settle down, or maybe even call it home. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and and so I suppose it's just 
their observations of India as a place and a culture and whether or not they'd want to retire there. I guarantee the answer with pretty much all of them will be no. Well, yeah. But, you know. I mean, they've had enough chance, haven't they? They have. Absolutely. I mean, if they've, if they've got if they've got to if they've got to seventy, and then they've not decided to move to India or even visit there, yeah. then they're not going to go decide to live there, are they? I suspect not. Uh, yeah. So uh, so that was that. That was on, it's on BBC One. Yes, indeed. It's it's on BBC One. I think it's on a Friday night at nine o'clock. Uh, the the real Marigold Hotel. Honestly, think it would have been better for me if I'd seen the film beforehand because I'd have got all the references. Uh, but um, I'm assuming it's about retirement people um, and doing doing that kind of stuff, buying rugs. Fuck knows if it is. Well, they managed to milk it out two films, didn't they? So yes, they did indeed. But the second film, I think, is called the second best exotic yeah. marigold hotel, which makes it sound shit, doesn't it? It makes it sound like the second best, like this is not as good as the first one. Yeah, it's like the three-star hotel, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm, anyway, no. Moving, <clears> moving <throat> swiftly on. Yeah, I mean, I would say we've gone. We're going to go on to something good, but we're not because um, we're on to episode five of Lincoln Rhyme Hunt for the Bone Collector. Oh, come on then. Um, Let's have it. <clears throat> so this week it was um, the Bone Collector was in it. Actually, in it more this this episode. The bone collector has come to taunt Lincoln, or seemingly taunt him. You know, he keeps, keeps. I was going to make a reference to um, uh, the when the supposedly the Yorkshire Ripper had sent that um, tape recording to the police. Uh, I am Jack. <laughs> oh, I'm Jack. Yeah, a bit like that. Um, so <laughs> that was in really bad taste. <laughs> Or maybe we won't go down that alley. So the bone collector's come to New York um, to really rub Lincoln's face in it because Lincoln lives in New York. Um, right. And he's, he kills somebody in a library. Um, so Lincoln phones his assistant and tells her to um, that he thinks that the bone collector's killed somebody in this library. Um, and that she needs to go over there and be his eyes over there. And then he, she goes, all right, then. And then he hangs up the phone before saying where the library is or anything like that. <laughs> or just who the library. He just goes, oh, yeah, there's been a murder, a murder at the library. You need to get over there because I think it's, it's something to do with the bone collection. She just goes, all right, okay. And then that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> up. And then I'm assuming that he just thinks she's such a good detective that she'll work out which library it is. Yeah, probably. Fucking, fucking bizarre. Could have, could have just said where it was, couldn't he? Yeah. What's so difficult about that? He, he yeah. knew. He knew. So why make it more difficult? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because he's in a bed. He's in bed all the day. It's maybe like it's maybe like we're all feeling in lockdown for him. You know, you get sometimes <laughs> you just get a bit frustrated, don't you? <clears throat> Anyway. I'm going to make it a bit more interesting for you. There's been a murder. I'm not going to tell you where. But yeah. you go and find it. <laughs> yeah, in fucking in New York. I mean, he doesn't even narrow it down. The, New York has probably got more than two libraries, I'm guessing. So, anyway, they, they find the body and, you know, do the usual stuff with the evidence, mess about with it, and manhandle it, 
move it round, do it, photograph it, all the usual. All the Sorry, usual stuff. It's by the book. Just need to ask, was it the library from Ghostbusters? No. <clears throat> no. Right. So that, that, as far as I'm concerned, if you say the library... Yeah. Uh, and you go to the library from Ghostbusters, the New York Central Library. Yeah, that's I would go fair enough. If it wasn't that library, then that's fucking ridiculous. No, well, I think maybe there is only two though, Nick, because maybe she just thought she went to the Ghostbusters one, and it wasn't that one. She thought, oh, it's the other yeah. one. And the other one's probably just around the corner, so I'll just nip over there. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, flip it were flip of a coin. Yeah. She should. She was probably about to say when he said it's at the library, and just before he hung up, she was probably going to say the Ghostbusters one, but she didn't have chance. So the bone collector, um, he was carrying on his killing spree. Um, so he killed somebody else in the um, in a bar, and he killed them. And he had them tied up, <clears throat> and he put something in their mouth when they were dead and then he surrounded the the person in the that he tied up with canisters of carbon monoxide <clears throat> and then opened all right. the taps and then left um so then they sent they got over there she got dressed up in all her gear ventilator stuff went in there got the evidence off the body and all this kind of stuff anyway so going forward then, um, for some reason, the bone collector's then sat in a bar and the TV's on and the TV com- comes on right. and it's okay. got the news on and there's it's outside the bar and there's a, some kind of representative of the city, whether he's a police person or not, I don't know. But he's he's giving a, like a little impromptu press conference, but he's got all the microphones and stuff like he stood at a lectern. So he, and he, there's all the press there and all the cameras there, and he says, um, "Yeah, uh, a body's been found. Unfortunately, this person died from carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, and there's um, nothing, nothing to report. Everything, you know, the area is secure now. It's all, it's all, it's all okay. good." And the bone collector's furious about this, you know. He's like, because he wa- he wants the attention. Part of it is that he wants his ego boosting. He wants everybody right, to know right, that he's right, the bone right. collector and all that kind of stuff. But okay. well, all I could think of was, so if if somebody died of carbon monoxide poisoning near me, they wouldn't have a press conference outside that building about it. <laughs> so if it's not if it's no. not major a major enough event for for near me. Why would it be in New York? Why would they all be suddenly rushing over there to this <laughs> to this pub where somebody's died of carbon monoxide poisoning? And there's fucking hundreds of press there. And he's like, no, no, they've just died of carbon monoxide poisoning. It's fine. Well, why are they there then? <laughs> just made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. I was just saying that would that would suggest to me that every newspaper and every news channel has got an enormous staff that they send to everything. Yeah. Yeah, woman slips on tomato in supermarket. It'd be all like that, wouldn't it? As if they're going to report, as if there's so little going on in New York that somebody dying of carbon monoxide poisoning, that's a major news event. Get the fucking helicopters over there! Quick! (laughs) Is it dying of carbon monoxide poisoning? Fucking I'm concerned about the woman with the tomatoes. Oh, that reminds me, I've got to tell you this. I've got a message, sorry. Um... 
We will we will return to Lincoln Rhymes after yeah. these messages. Yeah. Um, I got a text from a, I got a text from a mate uh, the other day, uh, and uh, she lives uh, near Manchester. Um, anyway, she went to the Middleton Aldi, I think. And yeah. I don't know if this has been on the news or not, but some bright spark had apparently decided. Where's the oh, Where's my phone? I, I need to read you some of this message. It goes on a bit, but I just. Um, Right, so this was a message from last week. Here we go. A warning to all. Avoid using Aldi in Middleton at the moment, if you can. I've just got back from a truly awful shopping trip there. Having queued up patiently and socially distancing, as I neared the entrance, a shop worker clipped a carabiner onto the belt loop of my jeans. My perplexed expression must have said it all as she explained that whilst people are distancing in the queue outside, they aren't distancing once inside the store. So what some donut has dreamt up is to rope six or so customers together with two metres of rope between each What? <laughs> yeah, so they've roped six or so customers together with two metres of rope between each of them. So, well, these are strange times, and with the threat of a second wave of infection, I thought, best not complain and just toe the line, so to speak. I am telling you now what an absolutely idiotic idea this is. We negotiated our way into the store, some with trolleys, and others tried to grab a basket before the berserk conga line drags them away. <laughs> I was near the middle of the rope, <laughs> picking up some veg. The woman at the front, who was trussed up like a kid in a harness, was trying to drag the whole line. <laughs> Tried to drag the whole line to the apples. And the bloke at the back tried to pull the other way to get his hands on last week's courgettes, which were now this week's courgette offer. It was like a tug of war for the deranged. It's embarrassing to say, but I lost it. Started ranting and raving about the rope and how on earth people are meant to shop like this. I went to unclip the carabiner, which miraculously brought the attention of the staff who told me I'd be asked to leave the shop if I unclipped. We're not rock climbing, we're trying to buy cheese. A words I'll carry with me to my grave. <laughs> Strangely, this outburst had the effect of bringing our train together as a team. We carried on now with lots of communication, people passing stuff along the line to the others to fill their baskets. Now, I know passing things to one another could spread the infection as much as person-to-person -person contact, but I honestly think if we hadn't have done that, we'd have still been there now. As we started to refer to the aisle, I refer to as biscuits and creosote. <laughs> I guess it's because it's Aldi. It was clear from the melee that not all was well in the adjacent aisle. As far as I could tell, there had been two trains of people and a lady in the middle of one chain had ducked under the other to get her hands on a pop-out pop cat bed. The tangle had resulted in a multi-pedestrian pile-up in which the epicentre resembled... The Deity Durga, I don't know what that means. It wasn't clear how long they'd been there, but one old chap was trying to... <laughs> Sorry, man. Was trying to free himself by feverishly sewing at the rope with his house... <laughs> with his house keys. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. We navigate... I've got to carry on now. We're at the end. We navigated the remaining aisles without major trauma, other than having to rescue Doreen, second in the line, after she fell into the chest freezer, <laughs> trying to reach the last beef wellington. We were individually unclipped prior to the till, at which point, at which point any camaraderie we'd, we'd had, any camaraderie we'd had, 
quickly evaporated as everyone scrambled for the first available cashier. With the ordeal still impeding rational thought, it was a welcome and familiar sight to have the checkout throw all my shopping on the floor in the normal <laughs> 1,000 mile an hour fashion. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> I don't think I'll be going back there in a hurry is how it ends. So, yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. That's just, that's just bizarre. <coughs> what, I, I mean, if you straight barred it like the RAC do when they're, tow- they're towing a vehicle a short distance. Yeah. If you straight barred people, then it'd work. But rope bends. Who the fuck thought of that? <laughs> Do you imagine what do you, that's... And what do you do in, in the event of a fire? <laughs> well, you're a meal for six. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, that's, that's ju- that, you're a loose kebab. That's just bizarre. It's, it's bizarre. There's somebody... Yeah. Ma- I'd imagine the manager went, oh, fucking hell. Wait till head office hears about my ID. Yeah. There, I'm going to... Promotions yeah. fucking galore. Love, pick a new house. Pick a new house. We're going to be moving soon. Oh, yes. I've got the idea to beat them all. <laughs> Rope the fucking customers. Yeah. What's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? Fucking hell. It's so like anyway. a really shit three-legged race, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The six-legged shop. That's terrible. Right, so, meanwhile... So, okay, so that was the advert over. That was the advert for Aldi and Middleton over. Please, now return to our scheduled <laughs> programme... Lincoln Rhymes, idiot in a bed. He actually reminded me of um, the bit in That's Life where they threw over to Cyril Fletcher. Ah, Cyril, indeed. I have a letter here <laughs> from somebody who's visited Aldi. <laughs> I don't know how he fucking read them letters, man. His eyes. <clears throat> yeah. He had, he, had a, he, had, he had the original fucking come to bunk bed eyes, didn't he? I mean, they were crackers. He did, yeah. They were f- yeah. Crackers, yeah. Anyway, do go on. Speaking of eyes. Oh yes. Lincoln Lincoln this episode they went fucking mental with stuff coming up in front of his eyes. Oh really? Oh, everything. Because <laughs> what the bone collector does, he, he <clears throat> for some reason he kills in threes and he leaves three clues every scene. Of course he does. Of course he does. So obviously that like tripled the amount of things that were flying in front of Lincoln's eyes. Right. One of which was um, they said, "Oh, he's left a dollar bill," and so then he had a dollar bill in front of his eyes. <laughs> now, I mean, I I don't live in America, but even I know what a dollar bill looks like. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so I'm guessing that he didn't need to imagine one. Because no. he would just instinctively know. Yeah, I, yeah. And everybody else around him would know. Yeah, it's a little bit like a dollar you say. Billy, say. Imagine a dog, <laughs> and I'd have to have it shown in front of me, projected a dog. <laughs> yeah. Could uh, a dollar bill, could... Just just bring that up on Google. Google Images. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, bring that up. Make it big. I want to see what it looks like. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous, man. Um. So he did a lot of that, and he had um in one cringe making scene he had um they were having an argument about something because he was sure that a lot of this was about lincoln's arrogance and not accepting other people's opinion on things right um so um these series of clues he'd interpreted them one way and somebody else 
said that they weren't like that and um he got into a real temper about it and then he had a seizure but he 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 i mean it's not an easy thing to act is it no um and i i mean i don't think he pulled it off <laughs> it was it was pretty it was pretty bad okay in fairness because he, he, he's he's supposed to be paralyzed he's only he's only got his neck and his head to work with right um but it was like he just kept going, <laughs> but it seemed to go on for fucking ages. And all they did was call his um, his carer over to sort it out. Um, but oh no, it was awful. But um, what would have been good was if they would have showed what was in front of his eyes then. Ah, that would have been interesting. Yes, it would. Not dollar bills. I wouldn't have thought. What kind of fucking. Exactly. What kind of fucking wacky shit <laughs> was going through his head then? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. He did another one of his um, speaking Wikipedia things. Somebody said that they'd found something that resembled verdigris at one of the scenes. And he went, ah, yes, verdigris. And then he read essentially the first paragraph from the Wikipedia entry for, ver- for verdigris. Right, okay. And I'm thinking, they, I'm... I'm guessing again, they all know what that is. They all know what verdigree is. Yeah. And if they don't know, I'm guessing they'll either Google it themselves or they'll go, sorry, I don't know what verdigree is. What is it? <laughs> but no, they said, oh, verdigree. And he went, oh, yeah, verdigree, blah, 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 and just rattled it off. Yeah, great. Who the fuck is... Who, who are these things, these bits for? <laughs> yeah, Were the writers on, like... Were they being paid by the word? <laughs> It felt like it feels like filler. Every time he does it, it feels like filler. Where they've said we're going to need three thousand words, and they're like, "Fuck, <laughs> we've only done two thousand. Let's just have him read the first page of Wikipedia about verdict." It's either that or the writing team is made up of people who used to write for Sesame Street, so they're just used to over-explaining everything because yeah. they're writing for preschoolers. Yeah, it's going to be dramatic. Maybe. We're going to we're going to be dramatically explain verdigree. I bet there was music underneath it as well. Oh, verdigree! I don't even think that they had a picture when he in front of his eyes when they did it, which would have been helpful. because yeah. he could have just gone. It's that. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Job done. Yeah. Um. So, as it turns out, um, there was still one more body. And um, it was the final one, the final taunt for Lincoln. Anyway, they followed the the clues, and it, they managed to find this person who was like tied up against a post. They're all fucking tied up against a post in some way, and they had um, tape over, and their head was down. And they went, "Oh no, um, we're too late. We're too late. She's she's dead." Oh. And um, one of them went, "Oh damn!" <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit. It's a. It warrants something a bit more serious than that. Yeah. <laughs> what you've just been on the brink of capturing the serial killer, and then you haven't, and all you can think of to say is, "Damn!" Oh, damn. It's like if they haven't got, if they haven't got that thing that you were wanting all day at Subway when you went for your sandwich. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn! They haven't got that on. Oh well, I'll have to have something else then, won't I? It's like. She's dead. Oh, damn. damn oh, I suppose we're just going to have to wait till they kill somebody else yeah. now, then, aren't we? <laughs> well, that's a chance gone. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 
Well, probably time to knock off now, then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Another bed, Bath Lincoln. <laughs> Fucking hell! So that was the, so they're the game. Oh, he made an announcement to um, to the bone collector via the news. He said it was time to go on the offensive instead of being the defensive. Okay. So he'd said like, um, uh, "I'm." He went on television to basically say, "I'm going to get you, bone collector." <laughs> Yeah, and then remarkably, the bone collector was in the I think the same bar as he was the last time, looking at the news, and it just so happened that it was on the same news channel, because um, I think they've only I think they've by the looks of things I think they've only got one news channel in right, America, great. and every bar is showing that every bar is showing that Good. news channel, because um, it was the same people every time. Um, so he saw it and he was like, he was really angry and he drank his scotch and then put his glass down and then walked off. And then the camera stayed on the glass, like, because, ooh, he's left some evidence. And then he came back and he picked up the glass and took it away with him. So they didn't have the evidence, which they wouldn't have done anyway, because they they don't know who it is. Uh, and I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I mean, it could just be me. But usually, the bars that I've been to, there's somebody collects the glasses and then washes them. They don't pick them up and then go. Well, we're better. We're going to have to hold on to this yeah. in case it's evidence well, in the future. Then having said that, considering how much news Fucking you need to sa- satiate all the news cores, then maybe they will be bagging up glasses every yeah, time you wash them. Maybe potential crime. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe every glass in New York at that point was all being stored as evidence. <laughs> I bet it was. <clears throat> so that was um, so just. That was just that. remind. Is it? I think I've got. I think I've got. Th- I've got three more episodes. Just remind me. Is it a remake of the original <clears throat> story, or is it a spin-off from the movie, or does it have nothing to do with the movie at all? No, it says. No, they've they've taken they've taken all the tropes of the film to make right, something okay, else. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's the, there's a, there are so many of the of the things from the film in it that they've used as the spine for it. Oh, that's the wrong way to say, isn't it? Um, that they've used as the as the central theme for it, but um, it's not it's not just a an episode right, of recreation okay. of the film. Oh God, I wish it was. I mean, the film was really good. Unfortunately for me, the only thing I really remember is who did it. Uh, so, you know, watching it a bit pointless because I'm, you know, I'd smile. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, um, Angelina Jolly was in it, wasn't she? Because she, she played like a rookie cop who he was telling to uh, do stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, oh, they've got okay. somebody Fair in enough. the, in the jolly mould, as it were. The jolly, <laughs> very good. The jolly oh, mould. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking hell. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that was Lincoln. That was Lincoln um, Rhymes. Can't wait for next week's. No. Word of our tat. <laughs> show, right? That's Sky. <clears throat> that is, right. it's a Sky show. I put it, it touts it as a Sky, one of the, you know, Sky original, but I can't imagine it. Well, I mean, maybe it is. Right. It's piss poor yeah. anyway, whatever it is. That's why I feel all right about just chucking out what's happened every episode. Because <laughs> I think there's, I think there's only, there's only like me and, well, actually regular listener Ian. Because I've banged on about it that many times, he he he, had, he saw it out, and I think oh, he's okay. watching it now. <laughs> I wonder what he thinks about it, Ian. 
Yeah. So I think uh, there's only me and Ian. Yeah. Tell it. us what you I'll think. ask him. Yeah. Um, so the other the other thing that I watched, being a you know a, a football fan and missing me football, I have been watching. I've been following the um, Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, and Gary Lineker doing their top ten. He uh, started with top ten captains, top ten defenders, top ten goalies, top ten strikers, top ten midfielders. Then I think it was top ten best <laughs> players in the Premier League history. Best players not playing for a top six side, best players, uh, foreign imports. And then it was uh, hilarious moments, which was a bizarre one. And this week was uh, FA Cup moments. Um, and Right. Because it would have been the FA Cup final uh, this weekend. Um, and uh, so I think they dedicated a lot of uh, BBC Sport programming, particularly the online stuff, to um, showing things from yesteryear, uh, the way they used to have cameras on football mm. coaches or, 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 you know, football specials on the trains. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a, a footage of an interview between Tony Gubber and two guys from Sunderland who hadn't got tickets to see the, the cup final, uh, but had gone down on spec. Uh, and they were both wearing awful tank tops. And, and you know, I mean, it was 1973, <laughs> say, with all this hair and sideburns. Um, sideburns like the Jimmy Nail video game avatar. Uh, really big, thick sideburns saying, oh... Oh, we know there's going to be tickets, so we're going to go down and uh, we'll get we'll get some tickets. We'll definitely get some tickets. Uh, somebody went down last year, the centenary final. They got some tickets. And and uh, Tony Gubber says, "What do you think about um, the fact that tickets are going for as much as fifty pounds?" Well, I wouldn't pay that. And that's ridiculous for a football game. I would, I, I'm going all the way down, but I wouldn't pay that for a football game. Uh, this is well. How, how much would you pay? Well, I'd pay, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's ten pounds. I'd pay ten pounds, but I, w- I wouldn't pay fifty pounds for a football game. I wonder now. I mean, those guys—they must have been in their twenties. So it was nineteen seventies, born in the fifties. So they will be seventy years old. I wonder if they were watching the TV uh, yesterday when it was. Uh, sorry, Saturday when it was on, and I wonder whether or not they went. Fuck me. It was us. And I wonder how much they did pay. I'd love to know what they actually paid for their tickets. Or if they even got in. Maybe they didn't get in. Um, yeah. I th- I like to imagine that they saw the yeah. price of them. 30 quid, yeah. possibly. They weren't going to push to 30 quid. So yeah. they just went I, home. Then it went from, her, went from them to then interviewing on the same train. Miss Sunderland AFC. Not Miss Sunderland. But but the but the, the oh. bonny lass the bonny lass who was who yeah. was the bonniest lass yeah. who supported Sunderland AFC <laughs> and uh, he, he quite bizarre which is very very nice lass Fuck and she said know. oh uh, yes I've got a ticket laid on for us the club did that for us because I'm Miss Sunderland AFC well well that's wonderful said Tony Gubber uh, and uh, what do you think the score's going to be well I I think it's going to be three one. For Sunderland, three uh, one. And why do you think that? Well, I woke up this morning and I had there was four ribbons hanging off me hat. I thought, no, I'm turning this off. No, that's no, f- that's no method. <laughs> Eli Spansong gone wrong. Anyway, so then um, it, it it showed. Uh, um, it, I, fucking hell! Come on, Nick. I'm mixing up the programs. 
I saw that, that clip of the uh, Tony Gubber on the train on a show called, I think it was called BBC Cup Final Moments, which was a cl- clips of matches, uh, highlights of FA Cup finals, uh, and also footage of things like interviews and the things people wore and the lengths they went to get to the cup final and stuff like that. And, you know, again, it was all thematically linked because, you know, obviously having yeah. seen um, Paul Chucklebrother Elliot's leg, and which he got with a football injury, and I'm assuming because of his age, he must have been playing football in the 70s because, fucking hell, there was a compilation of tackles uh, that, uh, I mean... I, there's always been comments about Norman Hunter and Ron Chopper Harris and all these different characters, but fucking hell, they ought to be called Bob the fucking Mutilator. It, the, and, and the fact that these players got up and carried on, it either gives lie to the to the, <laughs> to, to, to the damage uh, taken by players nowadays, yeah. <laughs> or they were just fucking really hard as nails and they weren't bothered. And I know that because... During the game between Leeds and... Uh, not Leeds. Uh, between Newcastle United and Hereford United yeah. in 1972, uh, one of their players, Roger Griffiths, broke his leg in the eighth minute and fucking carried on playing. He was subbed off in the 80th minute and found later he'd fucking broke his leg. That was the <laughs> 70s. Rub it with a magic sponge and fucking carry on. I was lucky he played football in the 50s imagine playing in the 70s I can't I cannot carry on my head is very wonky fucking get on with it Bert suck a barley sugar and get back in next you cunt so yeah ridiculous well and considering that the um, the backup medical care that they got like you say it was just I remember the physios running on with like a bucket and a sponge yeah, bucket and sponge. Yeah. In fact, in the 80s, I can remember watching, it was one of the World Cups. It might have been 82, probably. And and somebody brought on a spray. And, and they did a spray. Oh, yes. And I thought, yeah. fucking yeah. hell, what's he doing? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, they fucking used to love that yeah, spray, yeah. didn't they? And it used to be like a little cloud around them, like pig pen. It was, Snoopy, it was. Wasn't it? A, f- a fog of mystery. I fucking love that. <laughs> Sprayed yeah. all over. <laughs> fucking magic. Yeah, absolutely. What's he doing? Fucking hell. But <laughs> <laughs> they used to go out just with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what the problem is, but I've only brought yeah. my spray. So it'll have but to can be you that. imagine the bloke next to him? No, no, Frank, sit down. Leave the bucket and spade where it is. Not bucket and spade. Bucket, <laughs> bucket <and> sponge. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> the pictures that they had in the seventies, though, it could have been a bucket and spade, couldn't it? It could have been, yeah, absolutely. My, that's just the, the groundsman probably doubled up as the physio. He probably, yeah, very possibly. <laughs> Fucking hell! He goes flying onto the pitch on his sit-on lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> sit-on lawnmower, come hovercraft. I mean, jeez, that fucking mud. Anyway, yeah. So, so it was. Just, I, I watched the, the the cup finals, and and noted the the ridiculous shorts, and and noted the hairstyles. And any of our listeners who who know anything about fashion history and uh, tonsorial history as well, could you please, could somebody, please tell me 
what sideburns were about. <laughs> you know, the Edwardians or Georgians, Victorians, then none for a bit, then fucking massive. Like, it's yeah. 1920s, yeah. you had them up, looped into a moustache, then they went pre-war or, or post uh, between the wars, then and obviously moustaches stayed in, and then suddenly it got to the 60s and then the 70s, and they were fucking they're ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, properly massive. And you see with a lot of them, I mean, like, my my beard's a different colour to the hair on top of my head. And a lot of them, they were a startlingly different colour, weren't yeah. they, their sideburns? Yeah, 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 very much so. And obviously a different texture yeah. as well. And not particularly aerodynamic as well. I mean, some of those, Peter Osgood, how do they keep balance? His mutton chops were fucking enormous. So, yeah, so a baffling, a baffling yeah. thing. But I enjoyed that. And then watched the tackles and just thought, Jesus Christ. If they'd have had multi-camera technology back then, uh, I said to you earlier, didn't I? Most of those players would have been fucking arrested. Never mind sent off. Mm. It was entertaining, though, wasn't it? Well, I, yeah, kind of. But only if... I suppose it depends on your view of things like um, uh, You've Been Framed. When you see compilations of people fucking smashing their knackers on handlebars or falling off and down a hill yeah. and like breaking their leg or whatever. I, me personally, I, I never watch those programs with any kind of joy. I never laugh, not even shamefully. I always just go, ah, you f- ow! So I watched this uh, compilation of football fouls like, fuck, this is horrible. It was, it was horrible. It was. Yeah. No, well, that's where we differ because I like all that stuff. Uh, 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 it never fails to make me laugh when somebody gets horribly hurt. <clears throat> Always. It's a surefire winner, unfortunately. Okay, <clears throat> fair enough then. Well, I mean, it's, it's horses for courses. I don't even like horses falling over. People, so, not animals. You know. um, but I suppose, it, I suppose it's different as yeah. well because... Physically, they were obviously a lot different to now because they're all like super athletes now, aren't they? They're just honed and toned, like the 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 speed and yeah, the strength that they've got now is completely different to what it was then. Like they they might be running, but they were running across yeah. like basically a bog, and they'd they'd already smoked like twenty woodbines before they got yeah. on the pitch. So their speed was yeah, slightly yeah, restricted yeah, yeah. in in the impact zone, wasn't it? It's a fair point. I mean, if they were a good, if 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 the old seventies footballers, the hardest ones were up against modern footballers, they just wouldn't be able to fucking catch them, would they? They don't have no chance. <laughs> That's true. They'd only need to catch them once, man. They'd only need to catch well, yeah. them once. They'd be fucking waiting in the tunnel for them, wouldn't they? Break them in half. It'd be horrible. It'd be absolutely yeah, horrible. This is true. Yeah, no, there's there's stories about people like Stan Bowles who would apparently turn up at five to three. He'd gone to, he'd been to Bucky's, rock up at five to three, smoke a fag, put his QPR kit on, and get out and play a game. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. was obviously the, the the fitness regime of the nineteen yeah. seventy. So, yeah. Um, I mean, they're pretty much meal when they used to them on the um, on the FA Cup, and it'd be like steak and chips. Wasn't yes, it? of course it was. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so I watched that, and I watched uh, you know I watched. Uh, the 1981 FA Cup final replay, uh, the the one, the Spurs one, that's when Ricky Villa scored his goal, um, which always, yeah. I don't know, it it, um, it brings back a sad memory, really. 
not sad as in somebody died or tragic, but in our playground, when that was on, I was uh, 10 years old, and everybody loved Spurs at our school. I don't know why, in Doncaster, uh, yeah. everybody loved Spurs, but they had the glamour side, didn't they? They had Glenn Hoddle, uh, Garth Crooks, yeah. Steve Archibald, they yeah. had the two Argentinian <clears throat> players, um, and, uh, you know, Manchester yeah. City were people with big sideburns, Steve McKenzie, Paul Power, uh, and Joe Corrigan in next. Yeah. But I wanted Manchester City to win because uh, I liked the kit better. And I'd chosen against Spurs. Oh, what? You liked the Manchester City kit better than that Spurs kit? Yeah, I didn't like it because it was... Fucking well, no, 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 you've got to remember. Hell, the early, in the early 80s, the kits were all... It would look like they were, they were all made from tea towels. They were all rough and kind of like hessy and sacks. And then Spurs came up with this shiny shit. But obviously now... Yeah. I'd, I had that. I had that kit. Did you? I did, yeah. It was the and it was the um it was even the cup final one, you know, I had it embroidered on the no way. on the thing saying oh. FA Cup final. It, yeah, yeah. So, so when you play football in the yeah, playground, fucking you, that. you know, and particularly during towards cup final week, you played the cup final. Except nobody wanted to be Manchester City. Yeah. So it was me and two other kids who no. were shit at football. Against about 25 <laughs> kids who all wanted to be fucking Glenn Oddle or Ricky Vieira or Osvaldo Ardiles. So every day we got fucking pummeled. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, and I thought, oh, no, I still want to support Manchester City, but the Obens aren't good. And sure enough, they did end up losing. Um, but, yeah, everyone wants to be Spurs. I liked um, I liked Spurs. I mean, part of it was I liked their kit. Part of it was, like I said, they were... They were they were glamorous and exotic, weren't they? Yeah, um, yeah. And they looked like uh, I liked it because half of their players always had their shirts out, and players didn't normally have their shirts out, but they always seemed true. to within the first minute. Oh, it shirts out, and I liked the kind of they all look like. Well, we're not footballers; we're artists. I'm here to <laughs> I'm here to do some uh, artistic things. None of this menial labouring that you lot are doing. Where where it's creates something, not destroy it. And I was thinking, oh, they're the they're the fucking people for me. They're the team for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you always before you realise your hometown team is the team to support. Uh, yeah. For for fucking good or ill. Um, well, that was a crushing fucking disappointment when I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so before you, before that happens, uh, I supported Liverpool for a bit. I think I've told you this before, but, you know, at our school, you were either Manchester United or you were Liverpool. And because my favourite colour was red and there was more red in the Liverpool kit, I decided to support Liverpool. Yeah. You know, as a, as a child, not even knowing where it was, or, you know, anything like that. And so I've always followed Liverpool uh, and, and kept an eye out for the results uh, and I have a strange fondness for them. But um, uh, Spurs, no, too shiny. They were too shiny for me. Yeah, well, like like you say about the um, about that, I I used to, when I was, when I was first aware of football, um, I had, well, I basically had to support Man United because my dad was a Man United fan. Uh. Um, so I used to, well, I couldn't, didn't really support them because I was too little, I guess. But I knew that essentially I would have to support them. When they were on the television, we wanted them to win. Right, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, and then, obviously, the fancy dandies of Spurs came along <laughs> and I was completely in love in love with the shirts out brigade. 
Because even Steve Archibald used to have his shirt out. Yeah, he, he did. Steve yeah, Archibald, who was so pale, he fucking looked like his shirt. It was quite weird. He did, yeah. Yeah. You couldn't tell whether he had short sleeves or long sleeves on. No, you could not. <clears throat> no. Um so Or a fucking balaclava. <laughs> fell in love with fell in love with them. But then the crushing realism hit me that I would have to support my local team. I couldn't piss about <laughs> with all this other stuff. And sadly, much like you, our local yeah. teams were not perennial FA Cup finalists. <laughs> no, yeah, but I've made an FA Cup final though. In fairness, yes, yes, indeed, yeah. yes, and for for thirty glorious minutes, we were living in a different world. Oh God, I was uh, I was um, heartbroken for well for for you for all Hull City fans. Ugh. Anyway, let's not let's not drag that up. Um, so yes, yeah, no. so I watched that and and um, uh, remained uh, horrified by the tackles, uh, confused by the facial hair, uh, and uh, thoroughly satiated with my football fix. So I got that. But I am also enjoying the uh, the football podcast things that Lineker, Wright, and Shearer do. Um, oh right, I've not heard any of them. Oh well, you can do them on podcasts or they're on on. Uh, Saturday night at half past ten, where match of the day should be, uh, and it's just Lineker in his house, Shearer ah. in his house, and Wrighty in his house, just having debates about football. And as the weeks have gone on, you know, uh, Lineker hasn't really changed, Ian Wright hasn't changed, but Shearer's growing a beard, <laughs> and and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I've I've really when he first started as a pundit, obviously there was a lack of confidence, and I think he was very guarded with what he says. Now I absolutely love him. He's hilarious, and he's swearing like a trooper yeah, yeah. as well. It, it, <laughs> uh, it's all bleeped, obviously, but you know he's he's talking about how um, he said um, there was you know Ian Wright and and Gary Lineker were saying oh it's great it's great being in an FA Cup final it's great and and Shearer said I just want to say anybody who says it's great FA Cup final is fucking lying. It's great if you're in an FA Cup final <laughs> if you fucking win. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, let's check them out. They're very good, and there's there's some very nice sparring. Uh, Ian Wright's hilarious. He's like Tigger. He's just full of energy and and very funny, very funny. And some of the stories they tell are brilliant. Uh, and even Lineker got into one. Apparently, Lineker, that uh, th- this week was uh, top ten FA Cup final mo- and one of the, uh, FA Cup moments yeah. rather Wembley moments basically, and one of the moments was Gaza's goal against um, Arsenal in the FA Cup semi-final for Tottenham in 1991. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when he absolutely uh, bluted a, a fantastic free kick uh, past David Seaman from God knows how far out. And um, Lineker told the story. He just he just went up and he'd seen the distance and he thought, right, he can't curl it from here. It's too far out, and he'll never beat Seaman if he tries to curl it because he's too good a goalie. So apparently, Lineker runs up and says, "Just twat," <laughs> and um, and he says, "Fucking Gaza!" <laughs> he, he twatted it and he curled it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but Lineker says, "I I take fifty percent of the credit for that for telling him to twat it." Gaza, I think, would have been um, all right in the seventies as well. Yes, I think he would. It'd have been yeah, quite robust. Um, but then 
Yeah. He bust his ACL, didn't he? Maybe he wouldn't have done it in the seventies. Maybe his ACL would have been made of like fucking loft lagging or something. Or that stuff you you know. Um, <laughs> what's that stuff? Um, cavity wall insulation. That kind of you know thing that fills your walls. Fucking Eldick. Yeah, but he did he did his ACL trying to kick Gary kick Charles. Gary Charles yes, into, he did. Into, well, on on a boggy pitch in the seventies, he wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah, that's a very good point. It a t- good point it, well by the time he got to Gary Charles, Gary Charles would have been, had a chance to book a fucking taxi and get out of the way. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so that's that was me. I watched all that shit. Right. We should go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, what I should say is, um, if you want to get in contact with us about what you've been watching or make any viewing recommendations for us, good or bad, if you want to make us sit through some unholy, horrible shit like Too Hot to Handle, I was going to look up, um, actually, it's funny you saying about Too Hot to Handle, I was going to look up today what happened to all those people. Um, and I really even couldn't bring myself to do that, so I didn't. No, it's not worth it, man. <laughs> but if you do want to suggest something to us, you can email us uh, weakpointspodcast at gmail.com uh, or you can drop us a message on our Instagram, which is weakpointspodcast. And if you go and check that out, you'll see pictures of some of the things that we've talked about on the pod and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Should we leave with uh, a message from my dad, or oh, shall yeah. we not? Should uh, we save that for next week? No, I'm going to say... What I might do is... What I'd like to do, think about it, is I might like to do a little special. Ah, very a good. self-contained <laughs> special on that, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. good. No, okay. we're going to save, we're gonna save that save that one. So, so okay. thank you very much for being with us again this week, and we shall see you again next week. See you Thanks. soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.